Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Today's August the 10th. This is Daybreak Live. Uh, with the trio of the With day. the trio. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Happy rainy day this morning, right? We're going to try to sing a song. Uh, let's see. I, this is called My Testimony, right, Mike? Right. We wrote it a long time ago. A long time ago. See what you think about it.
What do you think about that? We've done that a long, long time, haven't we? I kind of forgot we wrote that, Mama. Of course. Obviously, the tag on the end is not ours. That mm-hmm. was that was Shannon Gregory's idea to tag that on right there. Yeah, I heard an old story. That? Yeah, you're right. It was. Oh, yeah. Well, good Y'all morning. Y'all pray for my boy. He's somewhere in the air this morning. Ooh, scratch my back, Mama. Right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're praying safe travels. He's got a long, couple of long flights. Ah, ah, so. That's wonderful. Hey, guys, we are in the book of Proverbs, walking through the book of Proverbs. We should be able to finish chapter 16 today if the Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise. Michael's on his way back from Cyprus. I think he had a good time. Saw some pictures, visited some ruins there. That was That's really cool. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. We'll be going to get him at the airport tomorrow, right, babe? Correct. All right. Let me jump over here. All right. Good morning, guys. So we ended yesterday. We we talked. Thank you, Sister Laura. Uh, we talked about yesterday. We ended with verse twenty-eight, and we talked about how. Actually, yesterday we talked about how powerful words are. Just might be in our realm the most powerful things. Our words. I mean, they create. We talked about yesterday how they can start wars, how can they can end wars, they can change our mind. Somebody can speak words that'll completely change the way you think about something. You know, a subject. Uh oh. Man, that camera's messed up, ain't it? Sorry, I hadn't paid close enough attention today. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and we ended with 28 where he was saying uh, about a man sowing strife. We talked about like sowing seeds. And he says a whisperer separates best of friends. And, you know, the whispering behind the back, the uh, telling tales. We likened that yesterday to gossip. And it is true, you know, that if people can say things and they can whisper enough that the next thing you know, friends are not friends anymore. So that's a terrible, terrible thing. All right, today we'll go to verse uh, 29. Verse 29 says, A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. A violent man entices his neighbor. And this proverb speaks to the power we have, either uh, through words, through action, but it's usually at least it starts through words, to entice a neighbor, and I think the context here could mean, you know, anybody that you're stirring up that's close to you. That is to say, uh, you know, there's there's about 300 riots a year. You know, uh, there's protest continually now. The the protesting and rioting has grown exponentially. It is an amazing thing. How does riots start? How do protests start? Uh, Somebody stirs somebody up, right? Uh, I'm not saying there's not a time to protest. I'm not saying that there's there's not. Sometimes there is definitely a time to stand up and protest. I'm just, but I'm talking about this proverb that says how we can stir up, you know, a violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way. 
And when I read that, uh, I, I just I think about the protest. I think the, about the people getting stirred up. You know, here recently in New York, a bunch of young people uh, in Chicago and New York, a bunch of young people just got stirred up to stopping traffic, right? And this is happening all over the world. Brother, well, I don't know if he's on here this morning, uh, uh, but Brother Josh in Israel. He's there. Shalom. I saw clouds for the first time this morning in at least six weeks. Living okay. in the Holy Land is definitely different than Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Living in the Holy Land is different in Tennessee, ain't it, brother? So, but over there, he's been having to deal with, you know, there's a lot of protests, a lot of riots, a lot of things going on. I've talked to another brother that just came back from Israel that uh, was giving me, talking to me about, you know, how people's just, you get enough people in the street and then you can't even drive home and how a mom is just, she's got her kids in the backseat. She's just trying to get home. She's on the road and she don't want anything to do with the protest. You don't. She's not trying to start anything. She's just trying to get home. And then they're throwing rocks through her windows into on her kids. I mean, it's it's crazy. How, how does that happen? People get stirred up by other people. People start saying things and they entice and they stir up their friend. They stir up their neighbor. And often it does not lead him in a way that's good. It leads him in a way that's not good. Now, we should entice and stir up our neighbor to good. Amen to that. But not to no good. And I think verse 30 goes with it, actually. This is my opinion. Uh, this proverb would seem, I know your proverbs are divided up, but it seems like these two tie together. It says, he winks his eye to devise perverse things. He purses his lips. Mama, what's that mean? Pursing your lips. He purses his lips and brings about evil. Now, the winking of the eye in our day, it means like three different things. Uh, a person can wink their eye, you know, and it means, oh, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm joking, right? Uh, it means I, I'm, I don't mean what I'm saying. It's uh, There's actually a secret behind this. Uh, it also can be a flirt in our day, you know. Guy winks at a girl, girl winks at a guy. He could be flirting. So... These facial expressions could be different, but here in this Proverbs, I think he's talking about how he's enticing his neighbor. He leads him in a way that's not good. He winks with his eye to devise perverse things. In other words, he's got a secret agenda. Could I say this? I think there's a secret agenda. I, I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot of people out there that's good with words that are using those words to stir up strife in the cities to cause things to get past that give them more power. That's kind of a bad way to look at it, ain't it? But it seems like those things are happening. And and it seems like a lot of people out there just use others as pawns to stir up these things. It, it's, it's a craziness. But I think in this text, the winking of the eye, the pursing of the lips is talking about facial expressions that kind of reveal that there's a deception going on. He's a deceiver, and he's de he's leading in a, a not good way, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. Facial expressions are very powerful. Verse 31, if y'all have anything to add, you know, throw in there. Mom, you're over there pursing your lips now. 
Verse 31. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. If it is found in the way of righteousness, the silver-haired head, you know, this is spoken out of throughout Scripture. It's talking about, you know, the hoary head, the gray, the gray hair, the white, the guy with white hair, generally speaking, is supposed to have wisdom. And I love the second line of this proverb that kind of qualifies, if, if it is found in the way of righteousness. So if that age, that wisdom and that age, because the silver hair speaks of age. Did I put the wrong one up? No, no, I was just noticing. I don't know what you're using. New King James? Yeah, using, New uh, King James. Uh, What's your say? Mine is, what is that? What am I in today? I'm the English standard. Yeah, it says, um, I don't know what it is. It says, it is, it is gained in a righteous life. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's interesting. There would be that difference there. But the proverb is still true. The crown of glory means, uh, you know, what's a crown? In, in, in the days this, this is written, the crown is uh, a beautiful, a crown of glory means, you know, it's a reward. It's a, it's a beautiful reward to receive this age. And it's even more of a crown of glory because it is a, in the way of righteousness. So... You know, you wouldn't think, in, in Bible days, they wouldn't think of, oh, let me dye my hair because I don't want to have gray hair. The gray hair is a beautiful thing. You know, in the days of the Bible, the gray hair is a beautiful thing. Not a, not a thing to be ashamed of, but a thing to celebrate. It, it, it talks of age. It talks of wisdom. And it does speak of wisdom, you know. I like to ask older people, Right, I do. I sure do. All right. So, verse 32. Boom. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So, the second line, who takes a city, shows us that what he's talking about in the mighty is the warrior. He's saying... You know, there's the mighty warrior out there, the guy who is taking cities and fighting battles. But the guy who's slow to anger is better than him. The guy who is temperate, that can control himself. And I, I kind of think it lends. And, and, and he says, and he who rules his spirit. You know what the greatest battle we fight is? Anybody? Anybody got a clue? The greatest battle that you ever fight, the hardest battle you fight, the greatest battle you fight. It's not really out there. It's here. Ruling your spirit. Controlling your anger. Being temperate. Getting a hold of yourself. Right? Controlling your spirit. The one who rules his spirit. Brings under control his spirit. You don't have to have that. You don't need that. That is the battle. That is a great battle. He, you know, as a matter of fact, it's going to be the guy that can, can rule his spirit and can control his anger that's going to do the best on the battlefield as well. So he can place the anger in the right place. Slow to anger. 
that's something that's a little better with me than it was when I was young. I guess uh, any of you out there hotheads? I'm not anymore, but man, did I used to be. Any of you used to be hotheads? Any of you would be honest and say, yeah, controlling my temper has been a deal in my life. Yeah, it was for this guy. I'm telling you, it was for this guy. Uh, I think I think it's you know I think the Lord has helped me bring it under control pretty good now. Uh, but praise the Lord. That's the hardest battle that we will fight. And then the last verse today. Wow. Run through these today. Didn't spend a lot of time on them. Last verse today. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Now, this is a strange proverb, is it not? The lot is cast into the lap. Now, I've done a lot of studying on lot, on the lots, casting lots. Here's what I found in my studies. Casting lots has been mentioned about 70 times in the Old Testament, about seven times in the New Testament. And from all of those scriptures, we do not know exactly what casting lots is or how exactly it was done. No one knows, and the Bible does not explicitly, explicitly share it with us. But we would liken it unto chance. It would be like today flipping a coin. You know, at the beginning of a football game, they say, you call it. They flip the coin, and it lands. Heads, you, you kick off, right? Who, who receives? Or you, you choose whether you kick off or whether you return. And so we could liken it to flipping a coin, rolling a dice, drawing straws, all these different things. And it was used a lot, and it's spoken of a lot in the Old Testament, especially when they were dividing land up for the children of Israel and things like that. But it was also used in the New Testament. Anybody remember where it was used? They cast lot from, lots for my clothes was one before that one. They cast lot for my clothes, right? That's, That's before this one. You're right. They also cast lots to see who would take Judas's place. Hey, good. Okay, good. Good trivia. Uh, so after Judas had hung himself, that left 11 apostles. Judas was one of the 12. And now he had committed suicide. And uh, I'm in Acts chapter... One, starting with verse 20, For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling place be desolate, let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Therefore, these two of these men who have accompanied us all the time, that the Lord went in and out among us, sorry, I have my phone too close to the microphone, all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed to Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And when they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen. 
to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place and they cast their lots and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles now growing up I was taught they cast their lots and that means they all voted but my studying of casting lots does not bear out that casting lots was ever voting uh, now somebody may disagree with that right but uh, exactly how it was done like I said we don't know but going back to this proverb it says the lot is cast in the lap what but it's every decision is from the Lord so what this is likening to is the sovereignty of God and saying even when we cast lots we're trusting that God's decision it's God's decision even when we cast lots. Now, the question is asked, should we cast lots today? Should we make decisions today by rolling dice or flipping coins? Now, I do not see a reason to continue that. And let me tell you why. Because something happened on the day of Pentecost. We now have the Holy Scripture. So we have the Word of God. And we have the testimony of the Spirit of God. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. So God gave His people something better than casting lots. He gave unto us the Holy Spirit. Right? Does that make sense? And so now, you know, we are to pray and seek the Lord. We're to enter into our closet. We are to ask the Father and the Father hears us, you know. God hears. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. We hear him. He speaks to us. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. So now we are to seek God. We are to pray to God. And so I think that we have a much more strong way of making decisions than casting lots. And even in the book of Acts, they did cast lots for the new apostle. But this was before the day of Pentecost as well, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Now, I still believe, though, let me, let me say this, God is sovereign. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I cannot fully understand the sovereignty of God, but I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that God calls, makes all things to work together for good to those who love God. I think God even... I think we have choice. I think we have free will and choice. I believe we choose, make choices. And I think God is such a masterful, sovereign God that he can even take my bad choices and turn them into good. Amen. But I said all that to say that now with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, I don't think we need to flip a coin or roll the dice. I think we need to talk to the Lord and get a direct word from God. And I think most of the time, I think this for me and I think this for you as well, if we're not hearing God clearly, it's probably because we're not getting into a closet with God. We, we're not allowing ourselves time to get in a closet. We're filling up our time with too much stuff. Uh, we're wasting our time on other things. Uh, and maybe we could just think as we leave this proverb, every decision is from the Lord, that 
that God says, I don't even want you to have to cast lots. I want to give you my spirit so that I can communicate with you directly. And he will be within you a well. The Holy Spirit will be given to you and I will make contact with you. Talk to me and let me talk to you. You got anything y'all want to say about that? Agree? Disagree? Nothing? <laughs> All right, well, thank you for being here this morning. I agree. Uh, I agree. <clears throat> I don't think that. Off the top of your head, do you th can you think of another time later in the letters? And there's no, there is no, uh, you guys, you think of any encouragement from the apostles in any letter to, well, when that decision comes up, cast lots and see what God says. But it's always praying, right? Uh, the Apostle Paul, you know, would feel uh, that the Spirit is forbidding him to go to this area. And then he would go to sleep, you know, and in the night he would have a dream. And there's somebody from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. He wakes up and says, hey, I had a dream that somebody from Macedonia was saying, come and help us. And then they determined through prayer that the Lord was saying, go and help them in Macedonia. So that's the way that after the pouring out of the Spirit, I think that's the way we're supposed to listen to God. Sure, I do too. And I think we need to be really careful about trying to take other avenues to find out things. You know, I know there are some things that seem harmless to people, like they, they'll do a palm reading for the fun of it or because they're curious about something. Or oh, my goodness. In case you've never understood that, don't go get your palms yeah. read. And I, I mean, I mean, do not do I'm, that. I'm so, I'm down to even, <laughs> uh, or they'll use a Ouija board and ask questions or, you know, you're tapping into the wrong source there. Don't do that. <laughs> yes, don't use Ouija boards. I remember the Ouija board. Now, I was a kid the first time I touched a Ouija board. We're going on. I did repent of that. Amen. It, it, scared me i'll tell you i remember it was upstairs house of pleasant shade i was just a little i guess they just first come out and i asked it a question you put your hands on it right I asked it a question it just moved oh my gosh i was like ah yeah magic eight ball pray yeah get rid of those pray All that no magic eight ball no ouija boards yeah don't don't go to a different sorceries don't yes. do that Amen. Because really, honestly, brothers and sisters, when you're trying to do that, there are spirits, okay? And isn't it a lack of faith? Aren't we saying, I came here from the Holy Spirit. God won't speak to me. Well, That's a lack of faith, so I'm going to go another route. Even Saul, when the prophet wouldn't talk to him or he couldn't hear anything from the Lord, he went to the witch of Endor. He went to the even witch. he himself was the one that had forbidden all witchcraft and sorcery. That's right. He went to the so witch. just be careful. Yeah, be careful. God, wait for his answer. Every community, every community now has witches. Even in our little town, now there's little witch shops and witch stores. Just, you know, my advice as a brother in the Lord, stay away from all that. Get in your closet. Talk to God. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let him speak to you. Amen. All right, love you. Talk to you tomorrow. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Love you. God bless you. We will see you tomorrow, Friday. Thanks for being here, guys. I'm still trying to get used to this time change. I know some of you are too, but I appreciate you being here very much. Love you. See you tomorrow. Bye.